theyeshiva.net. Let's summarize the discussion and move on. Rechizda said, a chiddish that Rosh Hashanah the Malachim for non-Jewish kings is different than for Jewish kings. For Jewish kings, it's the first day of Nisan. The Mishnah said that in the opening of Rosh Hashanah. For non-Jewish kings, it begins when? In Tishnah. His proof was from the fact that Nehemiah ben Chachliah says that in the 20th year of the reign of the king Artachshasta, he was told by a Jew about the dire plight of the Jewish people in Eretz Yisrael. That was in the month of Kislev. In the month of Nisan, the 20th year of the same king, he went to the king and he got permission to go to his brothers in Yerushalayim and help them rebuild and help them protect the Yishuv and help them rebuild the wall, which he actually did. The problem here is, how can Kislev and Nisan both be the same year of the king when Rosh Hashanah Rosh Nisan should have made the encounter with the king in Nisan year 21? From here, Rebchizda proved that Rosh Chodesh Tishri was Rosh Hashanah hence Kislev and Nisan belonged to the same year. When the Gemara supposed an opportunity question, maybe the story of Nisan happened before the story of Kislev. In other words, Rosh Hashanah is not the first day of Tishra. It's the first day of Nisan. But what happened was Kislev happened after Nisan. So therefore they're both in the same year. This was conclusively rejected because the story wouldn't make sense. The story has to make sense. He comes to the king to complain about the situation and ask permission because he found out about the situation. In Kislev, he found out about the situation. It can't be after Nissan. He goes to the king not knowing anything and he speaks about something that's going to happen months later. It doesn't make sense. So therefore, the Pchizda, it seems, conclusively proved that Rosh Hashanah Malachim has to change for non-Jewish kings. It's not Rosh Chodesh Nissan, It is Rosh Chodesh Tishrei because from the Pesukim and Nechemiah, Perek Aleph and Perek Beis, we see that Tishrei does not create a new anniversary for the king. Came Reb Yosef, and Meisiv Reb Yosef, Reb Yosef asked a question on Reb Chizda. What was the question on Reb Chizda? When it comes to the construction of the second base Hamikdash, it says that on the twenty-fourth day of the sixth month, meaning on the twenty-fourth day of Elul, in the second year of Dar Yavesh, permission was given to start building the base Hamikdash. The second year of Dar Yavesh. However, right after that it says that in the seventh month, meaning in Tishrei, on 21, the, the 21st day of Tishrei, Chagai Hanavi has a Nevuah, and it's a Nevuah about the Bayez Sheni. Gadol Yiyakvoyed HaBayez Hazah Acheren, Min Harishim. If Rish Chodesh Tishrei is a Rish Hashanah Lamalachim, the Torah says that the story in Elul happened in the second year of Daryavish. It had to say that the prophecy to Chagai happened in the third year of Daryavish, because Rosh Chodesh Tishrei went in between them. The Torah says it was Bishnas Shtayim, they had to say, now Bishnas Shalosh. Is the that the first day of Tishrei did not create a new anniversary. And therefore from Elul to Tishrei, you're still in the same year, in the second year of Daryavish. There's no Rosh Hashanah on the first day of Tishrei, which would refute Reb Chizda's statement. So you have to go back and say Rosh Hashanah would be the first day of Nisan. So Rabbi Bo introduced the Gewaldic Echidosh. And he says that this man, who he calls Kairish, was a kosher king. He was a wonderful king. 
He was such a good king that the Jewish people wanted to respect him and pay tribute to him like a Jewish king. In what sense? How do they do it? That the anniversary of his monarchy, they counted as they would one of their own. And therefore, they counted it not in Tishrei, but in Nisan. And that's why the Rosh Hashanah the Malachim for this man was in Nisan. And hence, Elul and Tishrei are both in the same year. But it doesn't undermine Reb Chizda. This is Reb Abohu's interpretation. It wouldn't contradict Reb Chizda. A regular non-Jewish king, Rosh Hashanah is Echad B'Tishrei. A Jewish king, Rosh Hashanah is Echad B'Nisan. This man, whom we're identifying as, in this case, Taryovish II, or who he calls here Kodesh, which the Gemara is going to address right now, I mean, what, what are you changing a name for? This He is a Melech Kosh. This is basically the summation of the Gemara till now, and now we continue, Maskif La Reb Yosef. You can ask, ask. The non-Jews, when the Jewish calendar? The non-Jews what? When according to the Jewish calendar? No. The Jewish documents, when it came to writing about this king, because of the tremendous uh, uh, respect and love they had to him, because he was a Melech Kosher, which was a unique phenomenon, <coughs> they treated him as one of their own. How do they treat him as one of their own? So that they celebrated... Not Tishri, but Nisan. They celebrated his anniversary like they did Malchi Yisrael. No, they didn't. But no, they're different. It's not the same month. Huh? Different month. They didn't do it like Malchi Yisrael. They did. No, they didn't. One was... One was Tishri, one was Nisan. One was Tishri, one was Malchi Yisrael. Nisan. Right. And one was Rishon of Malchi... Tishri. So you're not celebrating the same... The same. Only for him. Only for, Only for him. Only for the Yavish. For this man, they made an exception. But him, they made an exception. Yes. Yeah. Only him. Because, like because he was a Melech Kosher. Right, so you gave him a different one. Why did you say what the They did. They made him like Malchi Yisrael. They made him like Malchi Yisrael. Normal Melech What he's asking, normal Melech Umasa'olim. Oh, Tishrei. Tishrei. Yeah, yeah. So if it's in Tishrei, and a Melech Yisrael is in Nisan, so if I'm a Melech Umasa'olim, and I look and I say, listen, you guys have made the calculations here. If it was uh, Shlema Melech, you ah, you're did. saying it undermines Shalom Alchus. I was saying that you're not doing what, what you, you want to accomplish. Right. You're changing the rules. What you want That's to accomplish. You're changing the rules. By it's the other right. kings, not by this man. This is what you're asking. How, how did you change back no, they changed back uh, to Tishrei. No, I'm just saying... We'll, see, we'll soon see in a moment Malchus. that they didn't have to wait for the next king. Okay, we'll yeah, get there in a moment. So the answer to your question, I would say is... No, it's question. Okay, the Nachum's question. I would say is that there was once a Yid who was summoned by his parrot, by his overlord, to some court because of an issue. And uh, something with the Kretschmer, the inn that he had, you know, one of those stories in Poland. And he went to his Rebbe what to do in court, how to defend himself. He could end up in prison his whole life. So he told him, when they asked him this question, he should say this and this answer. He says, what happens if the pirates comes up and invents this story? He says, then you'll say this. He says, what happens if he comes up with this story? You'll say this. What happens if he comes up with this? He says, a David Nitschmeyna He doesn't come up with all of these ideas. <laughs> you David Nitschmeyna so you have time to come up with all of these ideas. <laughs> so I would say that the Malchi Yom didn't learn Masech Rosh Hashanah, and they didn't know all of these distinctions. The Pchizda's original Raya is a Shtarker Raya. We didn't slug up his Raya. We slugged up, we brought another Pasuk that undermines his statement. 
We talk, have an issue with Nechamia. You're right. It's going to be a problem. Esrim and Esrim. It's going to be a problem. You're right. You're right about that. <coughs> no. Of course. Yeah, that's the main thing. What do they know about Nisan and Tishrei? That's my point. They're not getting into the nuances. Yeah. Shalom Alchus. Shalom Alchus. Shalom Alchus. Now, before we go further, I just want to make a Ha'ara comment, which we should really focus on. And that is, let us just remember the chronology that we articulated in the beginning, based on the Psukim of Daniel, Ezra, Nehemiah, and based on how the Chazal saw the history. And that is, that the system was that Babylonia, right, Evel Meroidach, and then Balshatzer was defeated by Persia, and the system, the way it happened was, you had Daryovish, the great Daryovish, Daryovish Hamadi, who defeats Bava. And then you have Kairish Cyrus, who inherits Daryovish, gives permission to build, but then retracts his position. And then you have, after that, you have, after Daryovish and Kairish, you have Achashverish, who reigns for 14 years. And then Daryovish, who Toysvisir identifies as the son of Achashverish and Esther Hamalka, who in the second year of his reign, what happens? The second year of his reign, he authorizes again the binyan of the Beis Hamikdash, and he follows it through, which is immediately a reason why we would assume he's a Melech Kosher. Despite everything, he is the first one who allows the Jews to go back and rebuild the Beis Hamikdash. In fact, his permission is coupled with a Nevuah of Chagai and Schaya that the Jews should build the Beis Hamikdash, and he allows them to actually go and do it. This is the second year of Daryavish, as we said. The Beis Hamikdash is completed four years later in the sixth year of Daryavish on Gimel Adar in the sixth year of this man Daryavish, whom the Gemara here identifies with the generic name of all the Persian kings. That name Artach Shasta, who is the generic, uh, the generic, the generic name like Pari in Egypt. Ezra is going to arrive to Yerushalayim a year and a half after the completion of the second Beis Hamikdash, meaning. <coughs> If uh, this happened in the sixth year of Daryavish, Gimel Adar, Ezra arrives, he leaves Rishchaydish Nisan, but not that Rishchaydish Nisan. He leaves a year later Rishchaydish Nisan, that Nisan, the Mark of the Carbon Pesach. The next Rishchaydish Nisan, Ezra leaves from Bavel, from Babylonia, and he makes Aliyah to Israel, and he arrives in of the seventh year of Daryavish. That's when Ezra arrives. Nehemiah, years later, here's when, in the twentieth year of Artach Shasta, who the Gemara identifies with this Daryovish, hears about the dire situation in Kislev, and in Nisan he gets permission from the king, and he also goes up. He has to come back after years, because he made a condition with the king he's going to come back, so he goes, and then he comes back, and then he goes back again, he goes back again to Yerushalayim. Now, remembering all of this, the Gemara now continues with a big question of Rabbi Yosef. I just want to add one Ha'ara, which is an important Ha'ara here. We learned before that in the 20th year of the reign of Artach Shasta, Nehemiah asked permission from the king to go to Yerushalayim to help rebuild the fortresses of Yerushalayim which were destroyed. It seems here that we're identifying Artach Shasta with Daryavish. So the 20th year would be the 20th year of Daryavish. According to what Rebavo said here, 
Daryavesh has a separate count. His Rosh Hashanah is not Tishrei. His Rosh Hashanah is Nisan. Unlike the other Malchi Yubasa If that's the case, let's understand. Nechemya hears from Hanani in the month of Kislev, the 20th year, about the situation of Jews in Eretz Yisrael. In Nisan, the 20th year, he goes to the king. But you just told us that he had a different Rosh Hashanah. His Rosh Hashanah was Nisan. Back to the Chizda's original Raya, 2020, his whole Raya, that for Aumas HaOlam Rosh Hashanah's Tishrei is because Kislev and Nisan are the same month. So, I mean the same year. So it's both the 20th year. If it would be the Shchidosh Nisan, you have a major problem. Now that you're just telling me that for him, actually Rosh Hashanah Malachim is Rosh Hashanah Nisan, so you answer the problem with Daryavish, that from Elul to Tishrei you don't have a new year. It's year two and year two. But now you have a bigger problem, or at least the same problem, and that is our Tachshasta 20 and 20 doesn't work. When did they establish it as a Melchoshua? We're going to follow that. Uh-oh. So that's the problem here, that L'cha'ayda should be like in the suya. change it in the middle. Yeah, it's like, well, you, you gave me one answer, you know, like you fix one thing, uh, you know those games, uh, what are they called? You get it right here, but now, you know, you worked so hard to get it right on the other side to get your reds together, now you get your greens together, and then the reds fell apart. Like, you can't, what are you doing here? So you're back to Reb Chizda's problem. That, and that was the whole proof of Reb Chizda. So this is a Psalchayda here, Appella in the Sugya when you follow when you when you follow. So the emiss is that the Gemara is going to ask other questions in Rabavahu, other big questions in Rabavahu, and the answers will, ulti- will will ultimately deal with this as well. So it's not like we're really stuck here because the Sugya didn't end. So based on the new answers that we're going to have, we'll be able to deal with this also. It's just interesting that the Gemara does not bavar in this and l'chayde ignore this question, which is a very uh, very blatant issue. The Ritva says the Gemara should have asked the question and the Gemara could have asked the question. The only reason the Gemara doesn't is because there's no clear proof that Artachshasta and Daryavish are the same person. We are associating them, but it's not like a clear proof. And therefore, it's not a major, major question. You could say it's like a different king. Daryavish was a Melech Kasher. He wasn't a Melech Kasher, it's a different king. That's why the Ritva says the Gemara doesn't attack this, and there's anyway going to be a discussion which will answer this, even if we want to say, even if we want to say it is the same. <coughs> yeah? In Varsha Shem, there's no names for the You're right. That's a good question. In Chumash, it doesn't say when the when Rosh Hashanah is. In Chumash, it just says doesn't say Rosh Hashanah. You're right. In Chumash, it says Nisan is the first month. In Chumash, it says that we celebrate a holiday on the seventh month on the first day. Yom Trua Yilachem. It's called Yom Trua. You're right. It's this Masechta that identifies it as Rosh Hashanah, and the big question is. Who decided the first day of Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah? That's going to be the next later sugya. But we go, we're going through the Mishnah. The Mishnah started with Nissan. We're oh, going. Uh, we're going through the Mishnah. You see, we started with Nissan. This is going to be the second Rosh Hashanah, which is going to be uh, Pesach. 
There's going to be the Rosh Hashanah of Elul, Rosh Chodesh Elul, Maisa Behem, and then we're going to get to the Rosh Chodesh Tishra. All the Rosh Hashanahs are going to be dealt with. No problem. Another very interesting uh, uh, issue that's brought up is, Toysvah says here that Kodesh was the son, Daryavish was the son of uh, Esther and Achashvedesh. That means he was a Jewish kid. If he was a Jewish kid, of course you had to count Malchi Yisrael. <laughs> he was a Jewish king. He wasn't a non-Jewish king. No, a Jewish king. Huh? Oh, so that which we have to clarify that even though halachically he was a Jewish king, but it wasn't a Jewish government. It wasn't a Jewish establishment. He didn't identify himself as a Jew. He identified himself as a son of Achashvedish. He was part of the Persian monarchy. So even though the blood flowing in his sinews were Jewish, and, uh, and, and his mother was Jewish, right? And he has, so to speak, a Jewish soul, or, 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 or Lily a Jewish soul. The Gemara says that Akum Habal Bas Yisrael, Havlat Kosher. That's the halacha. Nonetheless, you would think that they counted the Malchi Yom but Afal Pikain, he was a Malach Kosher, and they counted to Malchi Yisrael. Zog the Gemara Vaiter. Maskif Lord Reb Yosef. Reb Yosef now asks a question. What's the question? Chod. One problem is... If Rebavo was right that for Daryovesh they started with Nisan, we have now a new contradiction in the Psuk. What's the new contradiction? The Ksif. The Pasuk says in Ezra, Perik Vav, Shetzi means it was completed. Baisa Dena, this house. This house was completed. Ad yoim tlosa liyerach adr. Till the third day of the month of adr, di hishnas sheish lamalchus dar yovish malka. Which was on the sixth year of dar yovish the king. The second Beis Hamikdash was completed on Gimel adr in the sixth year of the reign of dar yovish. This is what Ezra tells us. Okay, so what's the problem? The problem is this. Vitanya, we have a brisa. The same period in the calendar, the next year. Ezra makes Aliyah from Bavel together with his exile. Meaning, Ezra comes with his entourage. His Gullus means the Jews that were with him in Gullus, they come up. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So the Beis HaMikdash is completed on the 3rd of Adar. Ezra makes Aliyah not that year, but the next year. Rishchodesh Nissen, he makes Aliyah. He doesn't come up immediately, the journey is a long journey, and he arrives only in the month of Av. But when it says that Ezra leaves Rishchodesh Nissen, it doesn't mean that Rishchodesh Nissen, it means the next. And this is not just the Brisa decides this, the Brisa proves it, because the Pasuk says in Ezra, the Mesamidah just completed Gimel Adar, that year, a month and a half later, they make a carbon Pesach. First time in many, many decades. There was no carbon Pesach. So a tremendous joy. After that, the Pasuk says... After the story of the carbon Pesach, Ezra makes Aliyah. Now, if he, if he left Rishchodesh Nissen, it was before the carbon Pesach. So, obviously, a year went by, and Ezra arrives a year and a half after the Beis Hamikdash is completed. It's completed Gimel Adar. He leaves Rishchodesh Nissen a year later. He arrives in Av a year and a half after the Binyan Beis Hamikdash. 
What's the problem? Uksiv, we have a Pasuk in the next Perik in Ezra and Ezra Zayin. Vayavu Yerushalayim b'chaydesh ha-chamish. He arrives to Yerushalayim in the fifth month, which is the month of Av. He shnas ha-shviyis lemelech, which is the seventh year of the king. No, let's think about the problem here. If Reish Hashanah lemelechem fadayavesh is Tishrei, amachaya. Why amachaya? The Beis HaMikdash is completed on Gimel Adar, the sixth year of Daryavish. Rosh Hashanah Lamalachim starts for Goyim in Tishrei. Their Makrav Akarim Pesach in the sixth year. Tishrei is a new anniversary, is the seventh year. Ezra makes Aliyah Rishchaydish Nisan and arrives in Av in the seventh year. Wonderful. So it can make sense. If you say Rosh Hashanah for Daryavish, they treated him like a Jewish king, was Rishchaydish Nisan. So the Beis HaMikdash is completed Gimel Adar, the sixth year. When starts the seventh year? Less than a month later. Rishchaydish Nissen is the seventh year. When does Ezra make Aliyah? The next Rishchaydish Nissen is already a new anniversary. It's the eighth year. So how can Ezra come in the seventh year? You can't go from six to seven when you have two years in between. Is Dacharaya? Rebchizda was wrong. I mean, Rebavol was wrong. It's back to Rishchaydish Tishrei. Which brings us back to the original question of of, of, of exactly with Chagai, the year two and three. Tishrei has to be a break-off point. This is Rabbi Yosef's question, the first problem that the Sukkim contradict each other. Stam, it's good to mention, the Gemara asks elsewhere, Megillah, why Ezra, who was considered the greatest, one of the greatest Jews ever, the Gemara says that, that Ezra was royal, that Ezra should have been like Moshe to give the Torah, why he didn't make Aliyah together with Zerubavl, the first Aliyah when Kodesh gave permission, Ezra should have ran. Why does Ezra remain in Babel? And the Gemara answers, because there was a man who lived there, who was an old man and he couldn't leave. His name was Baruch ben Neiria, who was a Talmud of Yirmiya Hanavi. And from here the Gemara learns that Gadol Talmud Torah, even more than the Binyan Beis Hamikdash, and as long as Baruch ben Neiria was in Babel, Ezra would not move because he was learning by him. He was his Talmud, the Rambam, when he goes through the Messiah of Halacha, the 40 generations from Moshe to Reb Ashi, who sealed the Talmud Bavli, you have Yirmiya, you have Baruch ben and you have Ezra. These were the Chachmei HaMasayra, so to speak, the spiritual leaders. So therefore Ezra doesn't leave. Once Baruch ben passed away, Ezra leaves at the first opportunity. But when he comes up already, the Beis HaMikdash is complete. But it's in the seventh year, not in the eighth year. V'oi, they have another problem. Me dummy? Rebavo told us that Kodesh is a Melech Kasha. I don't understand you. Hasam Kodesh, Hachadayavish. Rebavo was talking about Kodesh. We're talking about Dayavish. The Psukim here, year two and year three, are about Dayavish, not Kodesh. And for the Gemara on the second question, Tana, we learned to Brice. Who Kodesh? Who Dayavish? Who are Tachshasta? The same king is sometimes identified as Kodesh Cyrus. He's identified as. Kodesh, even though there was another Kodesh. There was another Kodesh before Achashmedesh, exactly. There was another. Nonetheless, he's also identified as Kodesh. Who Kodesh, who Daryavish, and who Artachshasta. The same king. Kodesh, Melech Kasher He's called Kodesh because Kodesh, as Rashi says, has the three letters, Chaf, Shin, Resh, he's a kosher king. He's called Atakshasta because of the empire that he leads. All Persian kings had this generic name, Atakshasta, like Egyptian kings had the name Para. 
And what was his individual name? Daryavishmai. So therefore, when Abavo said, Kaidish is a Melech Kasher, he was giving him a nickname. The Jews called him Kaidish because he was a Kasher Mensch. Kaidish Kasher. It was a nickname. And that's what he wants to bring out it, that he's a Melech Kasher. So he uses his nickname. But it was like he would say, Daryavish was a Melech Kasher. So Melech, don't get confused. It was just Abavo speaking in short language in order to convey why they counted for Kaidish, for Daryavish. You still have the big problem. What's the big problem? That clearly in Sefer Chagai, they're counting Daryavish from Nisan. And in Sefer Ezra, they're counting Daryavish from Tishrei. And that's why Ezra goes up in the seventh year, because you're counting from Tishrei, not from Nisan. Very interesting answer. There was a time of Dayavish before he became Chametz, and there was a time after he became Chametz. Actually, Hechmetz here means before he became vinegar, Chametz became vinegar and after. Why is the word vinegar used? Because vinegar comes from wine. And there was a time when the wine was Amachaya to drink, and then the same wine becomes vinegar. So Khan in the Sefer Chagai, where we see that the Rosh Hashanah was Nisan, they compared him to Jewish kings, it was Kaidim Shachmetz, before he morally deteriorated and became vinegar. And that's why, to show respect to him, they celebrated his anniversary on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. So Elul and Tishrei are both in the same year, the second year of Dayavish. In Ezra, it's Achar Shachmetz. It's after he became sour, after he became vinegar. So when Ezra came up from Bavel, it's not the second year of Dayavish, it's already year seven of Dayavish. They said, you know what, he's going back to Tishrei. If he's going back, <laughs> if he's going back to Tishrei. So then the Beis Hamikdash has completed Gimelad in the sixth year. Rishchaydish Nisin is what? Still the sixth year. The Karim Pesach is the sixth year. Rishchaydish Tishrei is seventh year. Ezra comes up that Nisan is the seventh year. He arrives in Av is the seventh year. The next Tishrei is going to be the eighth year. When we you mean that year when they made the change? That year when they decided to make the change, you want to know what happened? In other words, one of his years was short. One of his years was cut short. One of his years was six months. You understand? When they decided they're going back to Tishrei, so let's say it was the month of Elul, they said. His anniversary is being cut by six months. Rishchaydish is already a new anniversary. Right. So would it make it longer? Would it make it shorter? The year became shorter. Yeah. Because as we know, time is, can be relative. So, and that's where they went back. So this automatically answers the 20th year. Once he became vinegar, he didn't go back to become wine. So now in the 20th year, it's Tishrei. So therefore, Nehemiah speaks to this Jew in Kislev in the 20th year. He also speaks to the king in Nisan of the 20th year, because Kislev and Nisan are the same year, because his Rosh Hashanah is Tishrei. So therefore, that, ans- that question is also answered. Now the question is, we could Rabbi Yitzchak come up with such a Chiddush? Maske for Rabbi Kahana. Rabbi Kahana questions the Chiddush of Rabbi Yitzchak, Umi Hechmetz? Why did you decide that when Ezra came up to Eretz this man, Daryavish, became vinegar. He became a Russia. Why? Haksiv, I'll prove you otherwise. 
There's a letter that Daryavish gave to Ezra when he sent them up, when they were building the Beis HaMikdash, or finishing the prost, after the building of the Beis HaMikdash, he sends a letter with Ezra to the Jews who are ruling in Yehuda, in Eretz Yisrael. What does the letter say? We quote the letter now. The letter is as follows, again from the book of Ezra Pedigvav. Uma chashchon, whatever they need, whatever the koyanim need in the Beis HaMikdash, ubnei toirin, any, uh, any cattle, bnei bakar, bulls, cows, v'dichrin, dichrin are male rams, v'imrin, sheep, la'alavon le'elosh maya, which they want to bring up, alavon is from the word oila, carbon oil, they want to bring up to the Rebbeinu Shalom, to the God of the heaven, chintin, any wheat that they want, melach, any salt that they want, chamar, any wine that they want, umeshach, any oil that they want. Basically, you have here the daily products that were used in the Beis HaMikdash for carbonus. You had to have, of course, salt for every carbon. You had to have wine for nisachayayin. You had to, of course, have oil for all of the menachas. And you had to have wheat to be able to have the flour for the menachas. And, of course, you had the animals, the bulls and the rams and the sheep, which were the basic animals that were used as carbonus. Kemaimer ka'anayadi b'yirushalayim. Whatever the Koyanim who live in Yerushalayim say, You should give them every day without delay. Shalom means delay, without a dichri, without postponing it. No, he says, this is called Hechmetz. He sent such a letter and he says, whatever the Koyanim need, you give them every single day, this is called Hechmetz. How can you describe this as Hechmetz? That's the Shaila that... Rav Kahana asks on the Yitzchak statement. Zak de Gemara Amalei Rav Yitzchak. Rav Yitzchak says, Rabbi, my Rabbi, mitunach. Mitunach means from your burden that you're imposing on me, I will prove that I'm right. In other words, your question is your answer. Mitunach, from your burden, from the place that you're bringing proof that I'm wrong, you could bring proof to me that something happened to him. Why? Continue the letter. The letter continues. He says, give them all these things. So they could be makriv, karbonus, reyach nichoyach, delicious karbonus to the God of heaven. So they will daven for the life of the king and his children. Ah, Rabbi Yitzchak tells Rabbi Kahana, you're proving to me from this letter that he's such a tzaddik, he's such a wonderful man. Why don't you see that it was all for ulterior motives? He wanted the Jews... <laughs> he wanted the Jews to daven for his life and his children. He was not thinking about the truth. This was not for God's sake. It was not for the Jewish people's sake. It was for himself. Flag the Gemara. Come on. Somebody who does things for this purpose, this is called Hechmetz, your vinegar, your vinegar, like you say, somebody says, I'm going to give this Selah for Tzedakah because I want my children to live. Because I want to merit the life of Elam Haba. This is called a complete tzaddik. 
Why is he a complete tzaddik? Because the, despite the fact that there is a motive that he wants to gain, he wants to reward, nonetheless, the action is an extraordinary action. This is, this is the mitzvah. Can a person work on himself and refine himself? Sure, but don't undermine this. This is even a Jew, so now you're telling me he does it and he has a motive. He wants schar, no? And for the Gemara, there's no contradiction. There's a distinction between when a Jew does it and when the Ovid Kechavim does it. What's the difference? What's the difference? So the difference is, Rashi says something fascinating. He says the Jew says he's doing it for that reason, but really he has a pure motivation. Vaharaya, let's see Rashi. Rashi. Harezet Sadi Gomor. Rashi is perturbed. You give one cell of you become a tzadigomer. Im ruggel bekach. It's a yid who always gives stocka, and he's ruggel bekach, and he does it for personal gain. Kan be Yisrael, shaliboy l'shamaya. His heart is really directed to heaven. V'imiril noy bechaya of ene kore loitagar. If chalila, if chalila something doesn't work out the way he wanted it to work out, he doesn't say this whole tzadka was worthless, this whole God was worthless. By the case, if he doesn't get exactly what he wanted, he wants a whole refund. There's no relationship. There's no refined relationship here. That's the difference. So in other words, what he's saying is that by Dayovish it was completely self-centered. But he wasn't legal as Shemayim. He was that kind of youth. <laughs> no, no. Like, most of us learning from Shemayim. Toisvus says, "Davdalin Amiral." The first Toisvus, "Vahadet the Kama Altiu Kavadim Amashamshin Asarav Shalayim Amanas Lekabel Pras." Don't be like servants who serve the master with the condition to get a prize. And he said, says again, it's referring to not just that I want a prize, that without the prize, everything is worthless. If I don't get the prize, I regret my entire action. My entire action. The answer to your question would be, um, uh, the answer to your question would be, since he was entrenched in that culture, so even though his mother was Jewish, since he was entrenched in that culture, so we're assuming that Liboy was not L'Shamay. Rabbi Yitzhak is assuming. Moshe in, in Paro's house, the same thing? Yeah. L- Libo wasn't L'Shamay? Yeah. 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 Well, by Moshe it says... No, two things. No, no. First of all, no, no. First of all, Dayavish's father was a Hashvedish. Moshe's father was Amram. Dayavish's father was a Hashvedish. You have to understand, and you understand that what? No, but talk about education. And Esther was subservient to Hashvedish. It's not like Jewish women run the house. You know what I mean? Uh, no, I'm, I'm serious. If she went in without permission, she said, "I'm coming out with a head shorter." I don't have a regular. I don't have a normal husband. Uh, you know what I mean? It's uh, number number two. Number three, by Moshe, 
also by Moshe it says, Vayigdal Moshe Vayetzelechov. He sacrificed his life to protect a beating, a beaten Jew from an Egyptian, and he almost paid for it with his life. Moshe Rabbeinu displayed complete, uh, complete sacrifice. Another way of understanding that he became vinegar, that he became sour. The first idea was that he speaks about, I want them to pray for me. That's up as a higher level of hechmetz. Now comes another hechmetz. We're trying to prove that something happened to this man, and therefore we changed from Rishchidosh Nisan to Rishchidosh Tishnah. Exactly when, we don't know, but it was between year 2 and year 7. <laughs> between year 2 and year 7, so when Ezra came up, there was already a, a change. How do you know that our Yavesh morally deteriorated? The letter that he sends with Ezra, he tells them how to finish building the base Hamikdash. What is this? What does he say? The Pasik says, Nidbachin di Evan Glol Tlosa. There should be three rows of Evan Glol. Evan Glol is marble. He wants the walls of the Beis Hamikdash to be of marble, three rows of marble, v'nidbach di ochados, and one row of new wood. O is wood, chados is new. He wants three rows of marble, one row of wood, three rows of marble, one row of wood. V'nafkesa min Beis Malka tisyohiv. The expenses should come from the house of the king, meaning the treasury of the king should pay for building the walls of the Beis Hamikdash. Why does he write this in this letter? He wants three rows of marble and one of wood. You want marble? Make marble. The answer is, we're assuming, Savar, he's thinking, if the Yudin, if the Jewish people rebel against me, I should be able to put it up in fire, ignite it in flames, and that's why I want rows of wood. No, he says, this is the Cheshben he's making. This means... He's Hechmetz. Freg de Gemara atu Shloima loyovad hachi. Shloima Melech is also an anti-Semite suddenly. He did exactly the same thing. Take a look at Shloima. Melochem Aleph Peireg Vav. Aksiv the Pasuk says, Shloima builds the internal courtyard of the Beis Hamikdash. Shloisha Ture Gazes. Three rows of Gazes. Gazes is um, stone, yun stone. Vitur Krusis Arazim. And one row of chopped down cedar wood. So when it comes to Dayavish, he's saying he's an anti-Semite. He's expecting the Jews to rebel against him. What are you going to say about Shleim HaMalach? He's also not Jewish. Also Achmetz at this point. And for the Gemara, don't compare Dayavish to Shleim. And the Gemara makes three distinctions. Number one, Shleim HaOved Melmailo. V'i HaOved Melmata. Shleim made the row of wood, the row of cedar wood on the top. And then under it, three rows of hewn stone. He, Daryavish, made the row of wood on the bottom and the stones on top of it, so he should be able to burn the Beis Hamikdash from the bottom up so that the whole foundation will be destroyed. Another difference is, Shloime Shake Bibinyana. By Shloime, you didn't see the wood in a conspicuous way. He took the wood and he submerged it in the binyan. He did not submerge it in the binyan, he made it protrude so it should be able to catch on fire. For Shleim, it wouldn't easily catch on fire because it was inside the, the stone. Next difference. Shleim sadie besida. Shleim plastered the wood. He did not because he wanted it should be burnt easily. 
And that this is the concept that we see that Kairish Hechmetz, because he kept the wood visible, it wasn't plastered, it was protruded, and it wasn't on top, it was on bottom, to be able to burn it. Now, I'll give you a third proof that Hechmetz. The first one was... His help to the Beis HaMikdash was for ulterior motives. The second one is, he's thinking about burning down the Beis HaMikdash one day. Rabbi Yosef says, Another Pasuk. And here we go back to a Pasuk we already learned in the Chemia Perik Beis. He says in the month of Kislev, in the Perik month of Kislev, a Jew tells me about the problems in Yerushalayim. The month of Nisan, I go to the king and I plead to him, I want permission to be able to go to Eretz Yisrael. He is the butler. So now we quote the Pasuk that we already quoted earlier. He says as follows, The king told me, and when the king told it to me, it says, His intimate partner was sitting near him. Where does this come into the story here? What does he tell him? He says, I'll quote the end of the Pasuk, How long are you going to be going and when are you going to come back? And the king granted me permission. He gave me a period of time to go. And then he comes back later, back to the king. What's this Shegel? My Shegel. Who's this Shegel? You mean he was sitting with his wife? He was sitting with another partner? He was sitting with another And how does it come into the story? This is a conversation between him and the king. What's the Torah trying to say? Who is this Shegel and why this strange name? Ishtoi, the Malka, who's this Shegel? Shegel is a form, is a term for intimacy, for relationships. Omar Rabbe Bar Lima Mishmei Rav. Rabbe, the son of Lima, said in the name of Rav, Kalbasan. It was a female dog. This Daryavish used to have relations with a female dog. He says, tell me, this is not Hechmetz? This is right here. The, why does the Torah want to tell it to you? Why does the Nach want to tell it to you? They want to tell you who Nehemiah was dealing with. He was dealing with somebody who was sodomizing dogs. And as a result, this is a violation, not only of Jewish law, but of Sheva Mitzvah's B'nai Noyach. Rashi says, Kalbasa, and it was not for a pet. It was not for man's best friend. It was Lamishkev. It was the best friend. A real best friend. For intimacy. Zok Rashi, Ubnei Noyach, Huzuru Alkach. Even the sons of Noyach, from his perspective, what's the crime? This is a violation of one of the mitzvahs of the Pasuk says in Bereshis, Man cleaves to a woman and they become one flesh. This excludes an animal, a chaya, a bird, which could never become one flesh with the man or the woman, because there cannot be any reproductive uh, component here, there cannot be any procreation. In other words, they can never really become basar echad, as humans can, or animals on their own can, through producing a child who is a synthesis, who is a combination of the seed and the egg of father and mother. What about a dolphin? <laughs> So therefore, therefore for Daryavish, this was forbidden, even Mitzat Bnei Noyach. But you can't bring me Psukim from Achirei Mois and Gdoshim, because Achirei Mois and Gdoshim were written for Jews. That's why it actually goes back to Bereshis, where you have the Sheva Mitzvahs that were given to Adam and the Bnei Noyach, 
And they too, just like Eishasish, adultery is forbidden from Ben Noyach, with an animal, relations with sodomizing an animal is also forbidden from Ben Noyach, and that's the Shegel. Again, you can't blame him for growing up in Achashvedish's palace. This is how he lived. But even as a Ben Noyach, it was forbidden. Really? You believe that Shegel is a female dog? Let me read you a Pesach. Daniel, Daniel speaks to Belshazzar. Belshazzar, you remember, there was Nebuchadnezzar, 45 years. His son, Evel Miroidich, 23 years. And his son, Belshazzar, two years, he was assassinated. He was the Babylonian king. Daniel comes to Belshazzar and says, You elevated yourself on top of the master of heaven. You're arrogant. You took the vessels of his home, of the Beis Hamikdash, and you brought them before you. You, you, you. you gypped off the vessels of the Beis Hamikdash and you took them to you. And you. And you, means your ministers, your sardim, and your shegal, your intimate partner, your pilakshim, your concubines, your mistresses, you all drank wine in the vessels of the Beis Hamikdash. If a shegal is a female door, kalbase bas mishti yechamri. Why not? Does it fit into the pasuk here? You drank, your mistresses drank, your ministers drank, and your dog drank. And for the Gemara, holy kash, it's not a question. The mouth of Shasa. You train a dog to do anything. You train the dog to drink, to sit at parties and drink. They say about the Roman uh, Caliglia, he appointed his horse as a member of the Roman Senate. His horse would sit there by him by the parties as the Roman Senate. No, the horse becomes a senator. The, the dog can't become an alcoholic. <laughs> so Bimele, this is fine. So the mouthful of a shos, no problem. So shegel could mean a female dog. Fregdi Gemara, one second. Now you're pushing it. Ella meyata, come to Apostolic in Tehillim. In Tehillim, Perek Memhei, Kapitel Memhei, which speaks about the time of Mashiach, we have, B'nois melochim b'kroisecha. The daughters of kings will adore you. Nitzvah shegel emincha. The shegel will stand on your right side, dressed up. Bechesem oifer with gold that comes from the country oifer. Flegechaich v'yishegel kalbasehi. If shegel is a female dog, this is what's going to happen when Mashiach comes. Ma'ikam avasul lenovi liyisrael. What is the novi telling the Jewish people that the female dog is going to be on their right side, dressed up in gold that comes from oifer? Nitzvah shegel lemincha. And for the Gemara Hachi Kamar, over there the meaning of the pasuk is symbolic. B'schar shechaviva toyda liyisrael. Because your love, your love to Torah, your love to Torah is so profound. It's like the love that they have to their dogs in their culture when they used to live, when they used to sleep, they used to sodomize the dogs. Because of that, your zoiche to the gold that comes from Eifer. Viba Yiseima? <clears throat> you want to know why that's the example? It's yeah. a modern example. That's what you want to know.
they bring here in the, I saw in the Mepharshim here, in the Masifta, they bring two biyurim. One biyur is that uh, the Ben Yehoyada says they couldn't find any better example of the love that Jews have to Torah than the love that they have to dogs. He says, and don't they love their wives more than they love the dogs? Say that, say like they love their wives. So the Ben Yehoyada says as follows. He says, even in their culture, it was disgusting to be with a dog. It's one of the Shev Mrs. Bnei Noyach. Nonetheless, they were so connected to it, they were so inspired by it, it triggered them so much, that despite whatever the culture around them said, they were loyal to the dogs. He says, that even in a situation when the people around the Jewish people say, Shuvi, Shuvi, is what do you need it? They still have a special Chvivus for the Nitziv writes that for a person to be with an animal is not al-piderech hateva. It's not the natural in, biological instincts that a man wants to be with a dog. Elamai, people can develop every type of fetish and addiction, and if they follow it, it becomes second nature. So he says that the relationship of Jews to Torah is also in the positive way, it's not a natural relationship. There it's in a destructive way. But here it's also, it's like a supernatural addiction that the Jewish people have to Torah, Lamay Lamedere Chateva. Okay, so therefore, Shegel could mean dog. Another answer is, Lo'olam Shegel Malkasehi. Really, Shegel is the queen. His intimate part, not a dog. Nechemia came to the king, and the king was sitting with his Shegel, with his Malka. Not a problem. Ah, where's the Hechmetz? Where's the Hechmetz? He's allowed to be with a wife. Rabbi Barlema who says Hashegel Yeshevus Etzli means he had a dog. He had a tradition. Not that it means this everywhere. This is what Shegel means. Shegel means an intimate partner. Usually it's a wife, so it's not a problem with Tehillim. Nitzvah Shegel Mincha is a wife. However, he had a tradition that in his case the intimate partner happened to be a dog. It's not Upketaych Devart. It's saying it to teach you the Hechmetz. <laughs> It's telling you to te- exactly. That's the point. That's the point. Mm-hmm. So why do you call it shegel if it's a queen? Because he loved it like he would his queen. The guy was more crazy than you think. He put her in the place that's designated for a wife. means the queen stands to your right side. Instead of having his wife there, he had his dog there. And that was part of his... His obsession with the dog. Stam, it's interesting. I think the Shalah brings that by a chuppah, where do you put the kala? You put the kala, the right side of the chasen. Why? Nitzvah shegel liyamincha. The shegel stands on your right side, and nitzvah shegel liyamincha, the last letters are Rashatevis kala. Nitzvah is hey, shegel is lamid, yamincha is chaf, kala. That's the source why by a chuppah, the kala stands on the right side of the chasen. How do you know he became sour? From here. Another letter that Dayavish sends with Ezra to the person in charge in Yerushalayim. Dayavish writes, Give him up to a hundred kikr of silver. Give him up to a hundred kurin of wheat. Up to a hundred batim of wine. Ad batim meshach up to a hundred batim of oil. 
and salt you can give without any estimation. No. You see, in the first letter that we brought in the beginning of the sugi, he says, give them whatever they need. And suddenly, everything is with numbers, with limits. Is a charaya hechmetz. Frek de gemara, please. Vidilma, maybe the guy took a course in time management and not wasting money. Vidilma, maybe Maybe in the beginning, he pasha didn't know what they need. So he says, here's a blank check. And then he realized what they need, so he made a cheshbon. Well, how do you know that this comes because of stinginess and riches and cruelty? He was just being a responsible person. Didn't want to squander money, and didn't want that most of the money should go for, for the Kiddush or for the herring, for the, for the Shabbos Kiddush. And for the Gemara, you write, It would be more clear to give the original answers. What are the original answers? That we have three sources for Hechmets. Number one, that he says he's going to help them simply that they should pray for him. Number two, he builds the Beis Hamikdash with wood protruding outside, unlike Shleima. And number three, he has this dog in lieu of the queen in violation of Sheva Mitzvah's B'nai Noyach. B'meila, he goes through a process of Hechmetz. And when he goes through a process of Hechmetz, his Rosh Hashanah changes back from Nisan to Tishrei. And hence, even though his original Rosh Hashanah was Nisan like the Jewish kings, but nonetheless, later it goes back to Tishrei, and therefore there's no contradiction between the Psukim and the Pchizdis Chiddush is maintained that for Umas Ha'olam Rosh Hashanah is the first day of Tishrei. We're holding the Avdalah and Aleph, eight lines from the bottom. The two dots of Alei Golem. Till now, the first two and a half pages of Masechet, the first two and a half dafim of Rosh Hashanah, the Gemara discussed the opening Mishnah, the opening words of the Mishnah that Be'echad Benisin is Rosh Hashanah That every year on the first day of Nisan, we celebrate the anniversary of kings, or as the Gemara explained, or Chizda explained, Jewish kings, whose anniversary is always on the first day of Nisan. Meaning, even if they became kings. In the month of Adar, the month of Shvat, the month of Kislev, whatever it is, Rosh Chodesh Nisan starts a new year. That's the anniversary. And as the Gemara explained, two points. First of all, why? Why was there a need for Rosh Hashanah in general? Because of documents. Second of all, why Rosh Chodesh Nisan? Because of the Tzukim by Shleim HaMelech. And then third of all, the long discussion about the difference between Jewish kings and non-Jewish kings as evident from the way the Tanakh describes Persian history. And the Rosh Hashanah of the kings of Persia, besides with the exception of the one king, Daryavish, who was actually perhaps Jewish, and lived like a Jew, uh, was a Melech Kashan, and therefore they gave him the unique privilege of counting his anniversary to Shchadish Nisan until he also disappointed uh, the people, Hechmetz, and then he went back to uh, being counted by Shchadish Tishne. That was the point, basically, a summation of Rosh Hashanah Lemelach. Now we come to step two, which is Be'echad Benissin Rosh Hashanah is Lidagolim. Rosh Hashanah for Yamim Toivim. Now here you have to understand two things. Number one, what happens Rosh Chodesh Nissin that is Rosh Hashanah for the Yamim Toivim? And second, what does it even mean that there's a Rosh Hashanah for Yamim Toivim? Who cares? Like, why is it relevant? What are the ramifications? First question is, are you going to tell me that the Rosh Hashanah for holidays, for Regalim, for Yamim Toivim, is the first day of Nissin? It's obvious that it's the 15th of Nisan. 
because the only yomtif that comes out in Nisan is Pesach. On Pesach, you could say it's Rosh Hashanah for all of the holidays because it's the month of Nisan. But Pesach is the 15th day of Nisan. It's not the first day of Nisan. So how can the first day of Nisan become a Rosh Hashanah for Yom Tov when it's not a Yom Tov? Amar Rebchizda, answers, the Pshat and the Mishnah is a little different. The Pshat and the Mishnah is, Be'echad bin Nisan, Rosh Hashanah L'Regala means as follows. Regal Shaboy, Rosh Hashanah L'Regala. But it doesn't mean on the first day of Nisan is the Rosh Hashanah for Yom Tov. The Rosh Hashanah for Yom Tov is on the 15th day of Nisan. When it comes to Malachim, to kings, Taka, the first day is the Rosh Hashanah. Here you have to say, that on the first day of Nisan begins a month that Regal Shaboy, the Yom Tif in that month, which <coughs> began on the first day of Nisan, becomes Rosh Hashanah L'Regalim. Rashi says, Regal Shaboy Rosh Hashanah L'Regalim. Regal Shehu B'Chaydash HaNichnes Be'echad B'Nisan. The holiday that exists in the month that began on the first day of Nisan, who Rosh Hashanah L'Regalim. This is the Rosh Hashanah L'Regalim. So it's not that the Rosh Hashanah is Be'echad B'Nissin, the Rosh Hashanah is Taka on the 15th day of Nissin. Be'echad B'Nissin, when Nissin begins, in that, in that day, in that month, in other words, that began on that day, you have the Yom Tov Rosh Hashanah L'Regal. So you don't need the Be'echad B'Nissin. For the Malachim. For the Malachim, you would need Be'echad B'Nissin. What you're asking, Sof Kol Sof, why would the Mishnah say it? Okay, so you have a Pshatl here, but why does the Mishnah have to say it in such a strange oifim? Well, he doesn't say the date again. The Echad Benisim goes on the Malachim. So if there would be no Malachim, he would not say No, in a Chanami, but it's far a little difficult to understand that the Echad Benisim, he says, so the Gemara explains, it doesn't mean Be'echad Benissin, it means Be'echad Benissin on the Malachim, means literally. On the Regalim, it means the month starts when you say the Shoshana L'Regal. But Agav, it's brought in Svarim, that here you have a mocker, it's brought in, in, in Svarim, that uh, why is Rosh Chodesh and Rosh Hashanah called Rosh? As we learn, Rosh Hashanah means the head of the year, Rosh Chodesh means the head of the month. So does it mean the head of the month? I mean, it's one of these expressions in Hebrew, a head has a month, a year has a month. You could have said Tchilas Hashanah, the beginning of the year, or Tchilas Hachadish, the beginning of the month. So it's broad that the truth is that Rosh is less meticulous because the definition of a Rosh is a head. It's not just the beginning of the body, so to speak. When you're looking at the body, so you start with the head, hopefully, and then you go down. So Rosh is just a euphemism. It's just a borrowed term instead of saying Tchilas Hachadish. Say Rosh Chadish, Tchilas Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah. The emphasis is brought. Look at the Torah, there's a whole arichis about this. That just like a roish, a head, it's not just the beginning of the body, but it also includes the nervous, uh, the nervous system that encompasses the entire body. Everything first exists in the head in order for it to be able to exist in the body. It's the collective nervous system, what is it called? The, uh, there's a word for it. Uh, what? Okay. The, the, the center of consciousness, the origin of consciousness, every single limb, every single nuance, every single detail in the body first begins in the head. And in the head, you have encompassed the entire organism. And then the head also continues to instruct the organism. So it says that Rosh Hashanah is not Stam the beginning of the year. It's the head of the year. It's like those two days that are really the brain of the year. The same is true Rosh Chodesh, not just the beginning of the month. 
And that's why there's such significance for Rosh Hashanah, and even for Rosh Chodesh, because Rosh Hashanah really has within it the entire, just like the brain, it's not just the brain, the brain is the entire body, something has v'sholem affects in the brain, it affects the whole body. So the same is true with Rish Chodesh. So in Meila, when you say Be'echad Benissin, Rish Hashanah L'Regolem, it's not Stam disconnected from Be'echad Benissin. Ultimately, what is Chamish Asa Benissin, you have Echad Benissin. Just over there you have it more in a uh, neurological state. And then it comes out, the details get fleshed out during the month. So that's the deeper Pshat here, that Be'echad Benissin is Regal Shaboy is Rish Hashanah L'Regolem. But it's Regal Shaboy already not only in the month that comes and starts Echad Benissin, it's already there in Echad Benissin on some level. Why is it, why is it in Shkodesh? Why is it Be'echad Benissin? Should have said Be'echad Benissin. That's the Lashon Be'echad. No. Be'echad Benissin means on the first day of Nissan. I'm explaining why is it called Be'echad Benissin? It's called Be'echad Benissin because it's similar to Ahad. Now the question is, okay, so Zayin Azoy. So Tesvav Nissen is, Tesvav Nissen is, Rosh Hashanah L'Regolem. Why Nafkeminus? You have a Rosh Hashanah L'Regolem. Zog the Gemara, Nafkemin, what's the Nafkemin? Who cares? L'Noider, L'Mekem, Aleve Baltacher. The Nafkemin, L'Maise, has to do with one situation. Somebody who makes a pledge, a promise, that there is an Isser called Baltach, meaning, if somebody promises, pledges, for example, to bring a behemoth, an animal, to the Beis HaMikdash, which a person can do, you can make a nether, you can make a nedav. <coughs> Says the Torah, that you're not allowed to just procrastinate and procrastinate and procrastinate and bring it in in, in ten years, or in two years. The Pasuk says in, in uh, Dvarim, Perech of Gimel, Ki Sidor Neder L'Hashem Alekecha, don't tarry, don't delay, don't delay to bring it, to pay it. What does this mean? How do you know? What's called delay? Delay means a day, a week, a month, a year, ten years. What's pshat? I said I'm going to bring a behemoth. Yeah, I didn't give a day. So what does this mean? Don't delay. What's called a delay? I have to do it that day? I have, to do, I have 24 hours? How much time do I have? Baltach. So the Mishnah is telling us here that din, that Pesach is Rosh Hashanah L'Regolim, that when it comes to a neder, l'meikam alei b'bal ta'acher, when do you start violating the mitzvah of bal ta'acher, don't delay it. So we will see Pesach is significant for this, because Pesach is Rosh Hashanah for bal ta'acher. What does this mean? Our Mishnah follows the view of Reb Shimon, and here you should always know whenever it says Reb Shimon, it means Reb Shimon, Reb Shimon without an extra name, it means Reb Shimon ben Yechai. What's the connection here to Baltacher, Reb Shimon ben Yechai? So the Gemara starts explaining. The Tanya we learned to Braise, Echad Hanoider, Ve Echad HaMakdish, Ve Echad HaMarech. Kivon Sha'avrol of Shloisher Golem, Oiver Be Baltacher. Three situations. Echad HaNoider, Echad HaMakdish, Echad HaMarech. Echad HaNoider means... Somebody makes a pledge and he says, for example, Domayalai, my money, my value is on me. I want to give that amount to the base Hamikdash. Domai, my money, a lie. What does it mean? How much am I worth? So basically, a person is priceless. There's no, <laughs> there's no price on a person. But the best you can do, you do. So you ask a question if this person would sell himself for life, if he would sell himself as a servant for life, how much would, it, how much would he be? How much would he sell for? So let's say it's a million dollars, ten million dollars. That money I have to give to the base of Mikdash. 
And the Beis HaMikdash does with it whatever it wants. It's called money for better kabayis, for the upkeep of the Beis HaMikdash. That's called noider. Makdish means I actually take a particular object and I dedicate it to the Beis HaMikdash. It could be an iPhone, it could be a watch, it could be money, of course. It could be anything, any object that you have, you're giving away to the Beis HaMikdash, which they might use, or probably they won't have use of it, but they'll be able to sell it and they have money. The next thing is Echad HaMairich. Mairich is a unique situation. You don't just say, my. it also means you say, my value is on me. But you don't say, Domayalai, like by Neuder, then you have to look how much the person is, so to speak, worth on the market. Mairich means a person says, my erich, my estimated value is on me. And here, the Torah gives a specific amount that a person has to give if he says, or she says, erki alai. Or you can also say, your erich is on me. I look at somebody and I say, your value is on me. Or you could say, damecha alai. So if I say to somebody else, your value is on me, we have to estimate how much that person would be worth, quote unquote, and give that money. Your erich is on me, the Torah clearly says, a fixed rate that never changes. It's a fixed rate for a male, it's a fixed rate for a female, and it also depends on gender, and depends also on age. And it never changes, no difference what the person is, looks like, how functional the person is, how skilled the person is, how strong the person is, how capable the person is. It's a fixed, it's a fixed rate. So therefore, if I say, Erki Allah, I have to give that. So Mebraisa says, once three Yomim Tevim passed, and you didn't give it, you transgress, the mitzvah of Baal Ta'acher, don't delay your pledge to Hashem, to the Beis HaMikdash. What's Shloisha Regalim? So we have the three great basic biblical holidays, Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot. So let's say I made a pledge on Lag Boimer, which is in the month of Eir. So what do I have? I have Shavuot, I have Sukkot, and I have Pesach. Once Pesach finishes and I didn't bring it, I transgress the sin of Baal Ta'acher, don't delay. That's what the Braises says. Reb Shimon Oimer, Reb Shimon argues and says, no, you have to have the three Yomim Tovim passing Kisidron in their order. In their order that the Torah specifies. The three Yomim Tovim. Which is Pesach Shavuah Sukkot and the Chag HaMatzah's Tchilah. And Chag HaMatzah's Pesach, Pesach Passover has to be the first of the three. So first Pesach, then was Shavuah, and then was Sukkot. This is what Rabbi Shimon ben Yechai used to explain, that regalim, whenever we say that if the holidays pass and you didn't bring your pledge, you transgress a mitzvah in the Torah, sometimes you have to wait for three to pass. Sometimes four, sometimes five. If I make the pledge before Pesach, say, be anywhere between Sukkot and Pesach, be after t- be end of Tishrei till Pesach, I make a pledge. So then, Shloisha. Then, I transgress if three Yomim Tovim passed. Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot. Lifnei Atzeres. If I made the Neder before Shavuos, Chamisha. Now you have to wait for five holidays to pass, which means you have much more time. You have Shavuos, you have Sukkot, but Reb Shimon said it needs to be Kisidra. It has to be in the order of the Yomim Tovim. To have Baltacher. You just had Shvuas and Sukkot. So you have to go Pesach, but it's not enough to have Pesach. Because Pesach, you only had Pesach, you still need three Yomim Tovim in the order. So you have another Shvuas and you have another Sukkot. So you have five Yomim Tovim. You have Shvuas, Sukkot, Pesach, Shvuas, Sukkot. And finally, Lifnei Chag, if you made your pledge before Chag, which means before Sukkot, then you have Arba.
Then you have four Yomim Toivim, you have Sukkot, and then you have the order, Pesach, and then Shavuos, and then Sukkot. Rashi says, Nafke mine da hayre shashona le'inyin neder, shu muzu bebal ta'acher, v'tala ha'kosa v'churoi shloisha regalum. The Torah clearly, clearly, I mean, the Torah intimates that the delay is only if you wait three Yomim Toivim. Vashminon masnisen, she'eno yoivir atshiyei Pesach rishin l'shloshton. The novelty of our Mishnah Rosh Hashanah is the only way he'll transgress is if Pesach was the first. She'im avrol of Shaloi Kisidron, Einoi Oivir. If it passed out in the order, you're not Oivir. Echad Hanoider Oimer Dami Yalai, Shashamin Oisek Evet. If you say Dami Yalai, so you estimate him as a slave. Echad Hamakish Dover Lebedek Habayis. Echad Hamarech Shaomar Erki Yalai, Shaerech Katsub Betoyrek of Ishanov. Pa'amim Shloisha, Pa'amim Shabaltacha, Beshloisha Nagalim. Pa'amim Chamisha, the Be'inon Kisidron. That is why Nissan. Is Rosh Hashanah l'regalim? Who cares that Pesach is the first, the first year when Yom Tovim starts? This is the anniversary when Yom Tovim begins. What's the difference? Call Shvu is the first. Call Sukkah is the first. Call Pesach the first. What's the difference? The difference is that the Torah says, "Don't delay through three Yom Tovim." It has to be three Yom Tovim that begin with the anniversary when Yom Tovim begins. So therefore, if I am naked neder before Shvuas or before Sukkah, it doesn't work. I have to have the three the Dorim, the three the Golim. Passing in the order with the Rosh Hashanah first, which is Pesach. And that's, a few, it's a few, that's of course the view of Reb Shimon, because the first time in the Brayse said, no difference in the order. Any three of them type in that pass, you transgress Baltach. Today, not Lemalachim and not Lemalachim, right? Why if you make a pledge in the Shul? If you make a pledge to the Shul, you are the... <coughs> Then the board will be on you. Before Shal Shagalim, certainly not Shita Sip Shimon. The rabbis taught, we first, of course, have to understand what, where did they get this Pesach Shavu Sukkah? It says, Balta Acha, don't delay. Okay, so you need some measurement, what's called delay. You're going to make for every person something else. You live 10 days away, so you have 10 days. He lives 15 days away, it's 15 days. So the Gemara is now going to discuss the whole idea of Balta Acher. Taner Rabban and the rabbis taught in a brace. If you make a nether that I don't want to wait for the three regal pass. Then, uh, then you got to do it, yeah. Well, it's not like yeah, that's part of your nether. No, that's part of your nether, yeah. If I say I'm bringing, I'm bringing it this afternoon. Right, like a blanket. Right, or, right. Or you just say I want to make, the, I want to be makdish this behemoth, yeah. Toner Abon and the rabbis taught Chayove Hadomin. Anybody who's obligated in money, what do we mean obligated in money? He says, Domi Yolai, my value or your value, I'm giving to the Besamikdush. Next, Ha'erchen. Erchen, we just explained somebody, he says, Erki Yolai or Erki your estimated value, the way the Torah prescribes, the way the Torah articulates it is on me. Next, Ha'charamin. Haramin is a third category that we didn't have before. Somebody who says this object is going to be a cherem for bedekabayis. Generally, cherem means somebody consecrates something. Here, cherem doesn't mean excommunicate. It means excommunicate in the sense that nobody can use it because you're consecrating it, you're being it maktush for the Beis HaMiktush. Cherem is another form of hektish. We say cherem in our vocabulary, you put somebody, somebody in cherem, you ban them, you excommunicate them. Here it means actually you sanctify them. Maybe that's also what happens when you put somebody in cherem. <laughs> they become legends, right? They become legends. 
But here, halachically, it becomes holy. That's what cherem means. Now, there were two types of cheremim. There was a cherem that you give to the kayanim, and there's a cherem that you give to the base hamikdash. So somebody says, let's say, this house, or this, this uh, bicycle, or whatever, this car, or this anything, is cherem lebeda kabayis. It becomes hektish for the beda kabayis, and one can't just benefit from it. So, these are cherem. Vahekdashis. The next is hekdashis, meaning you push it, take an object, and you sanctify it, you make it hektish. Or, chatoyiz vashamas. Somebody's obligated to bring a carbon chatas, a carbon asham. These were for various sins that a person committed that he's obligated to bring an offering, or she's obligated, or oilus or shlamim, or a carbon oil or shlamim, which wouldn't be for a sin. It would be a pledge. A person wants to give a carbon oil or a carbon shlamim, or tzedakas, or you have tzedakah. Somebody, somebody um, pledges charity. Now, as we're going to see, he asked a good question. Does the din of Balta Acher apply apply to Tzedakah, which of course would be very relevant today. People constantly make pledges for Tzedakah. So here it seems like that Tzedakah fits into the category of Balta Acher. We're going to see there's going to be qualifications about that. But here it says Tzedakah. I make a pledge simply for charity, not for the Besamitish, for poor people. Or Maestris. A person separates Maestris. Maestris would include here Truma and Maeser, meaning... I separate the parts of the grain that are going to, or the produce, or the vegetables, or the fruits that are going to the Koyanim, are going Maiserishin to the Levim, or are going to the poor people, Maiser Ani, are going to Yerushalayim. Next, Pchor. Pchor is, the oldest, the male, we have a mitzvah essay, that when a person's, uh, when a person's mam, cattle or flock has a baby, so the first male born Pchor, I have to give to the Koyan, it belongs to the Kayan, and the Kayan offers it as a carbon in the Beis HaMikdash, and then he eats it with his people, like we say every morning, HaPchayr, V'amayse V'apesach, Skot Shem Kalim, HaPchayr, Nechal, L'Kayan, B'chalir, B'chal Machal, Eshtem, V'lai L'Echad, etc. That's the Pchayr. Then you have Meiser, Meiser here doesn't mean from grain, Meiser is Meiser Behema. There's a mitzvah to give away, to separate every year, tenth, a tenth, of the animals that were born that year, you basically bring in all your young sheep and your young calf that were born in that year. We learned it in the first mission of Maisabahim into a pen. You make a narrow opening so two don't go out in one shot. And when they go out, you count them one, two, three, four, five, and the tenth one gets dyed with a red color, and you say it's Maiser and it's holy, but it belongs to you. You bring it to your shalim, you offer it as a sacrifice, the fat gets burnt on the Mizbeach, and you eat the meat. With you, your family, or any guests in your Yerushalayim, like we say again in the morning, Next, Pesach, the carbon Pesach, which the which a person brings erev Pesach. Every Jew is obligated to bring a carbon Pesach. We're going to have to understand exactly how Pesach fits into this brayso where we're talking about Balta Acher when you're supposed to bring it on Pesach. Next, Leket, Shikha, and Peya. These are the three. Charities that a person was obligated to give constantly when they were harvesting their field. Leket basically means one or two stalks that fall down from the sickle while you're harvesting your grain, either from the sickle or from your hand. You're holding your hand and they fall down, one or two. You're not allowed to lift them up. You have to leave them for poor people. Shikha is after you harvested and you turn them into bundles, into sheaves, and you forget one or two, not more, one or two sheaves, 
Or you forget to cut a little grain, and then you come back and you're like, oh, I want to retrieve it. No, if you forget, you have to leave it for the poor people. And the last is peya, which means the Torah says the corner of a field you have to leave for poor people and not harvest it. All these things. I'm leaving it for poor people. They come take it. They don't take it. They can you want to know what's a balta acher? Okay, one minute. Well, well, very good question. A few of these things are hard to understand. Karim Pesach is also we have to understand. Right, right. Right. You understand what he's asking? What's the balta acher? You left the corner of your field. So what's the issue? The poor people didn't come. So whose problem is it? First of all, it's not going to happen. <laughs> They'll come. By them, there's no balta acher. They're hungry. They're going to come. But what's what's here the Baltacher? Okay, we'll see. Huh? Oh, so what the Brice said that you have Chayave Domin, Erkin, Charamin, Hektish, Chatoyas, Vashomas, Eulis, Shlomin, Meisris, Pchor, Meiser, and Pesach, and Lekat Shichem all these, Kivan, Shavra, and Shloisher, Regalim, the moment three Yom and Taivim passed, Oyver, Baltacher, you transgress, Baltacher. Pesach, we're going to discuss. The question now right away is, what by Leket Shikchem Peya Balta Acher? They're in the field. You left it in the field. You forgot your sheave. In the morning you come back, oh, I forgot. Or later you come back, you want to take it? No, you can't take it. As long as you forgot. So what's the Balta Acher? You left it in the field. You left it in the field. So Toysvah says that uh, it's talking about a situation that you didn't leave them in the field. You took them to your home, or wherever, to your silo, and you're thinking you're going to give them to poor people. So if three of them passed and you didn't give it, then you are over on Baal Ta'ach. So the Gemara Reb Shimon Oimer, Reb Shimon says, Fleish Regalim Kisidim V'chagamatzas Tchila. The three of them have to pass in the order, and Pesach has to come first. Reb Meir Oimer, we have a third view, Reb Meir. Kivan Shavra Lein Regal Echad, over Baal Ta'ach. One holiday passes, and you did not bring all these pledges, any of these pledges. For example, your Maisha you didn't give to the Levi, and Pesach passed. Shimon says, Pesach, Shimon says, Pesach Shavuosukas. Pesach passed, the Meir says, you violated the Baltan. Rebeleza ben Yaakov, no. Kivan Shavro Alein, Shnei Regolom, Rebeleza You have two holidays. Rebeleza ben Shimon, Noimer. Rebeleza, the son of Reb Shimon by Yechai, says, Kivan Shavro Alein, Chag HaSukas, Oivar Alein, Rebeleza. It's one yomtif you have to wait for, which is sukkahs, and then you're over on baltach. That means, according to the Belazah, sometimes it's only one holiday. If you made a pledge before sukkahs, sukkahs passes, and you didn't bring it, you're over. What happens if you made a pledge before Shavuos? <coughs> he would hold you have two, <coughs> because you have to wait for sukkahs. And what if he did before Pesach? He would also hold you have three. But the Chiddush of him is that right before sukkahs is only, only sukkahs you're already going to be over. So how many opinions do we have? We have Tanakama, the first one, who says... Any three holidays that pass, no difference to order. Reb Shimon gives you much more time because he says you need three in the order. So sometimes you have five, right? If you did it before Shavuos, you have Shavuos, Sukkos, Pesach, Shavuos, Sukkos. Reb Meir is the most stringent. What does he say? You have one Yomtev and any Yomtev. So if you made the pledge Erev Pesach, you only have Pesach. That was Reb Meir. That's the third opinion. The fourth opinion, Reb Lezer says you have two holidays and any two holidays. Pesach Shavuos, Shavuos, Sukkos, Sukkos, Shavuos, whatever. And then finally, the fifth opinion is Rebbe Lazar, the son of Reb Shimon, who says you need Sukkos, and Sukkos is what makes you be over and about Ta'ach. So this Braisa added another three opinions that we didn't know from the previous Braisa. In addition to Tanakhama and Reb Shimon, we have Rebbe Meir, Rebbe Eliezer, Ben Yaakov, and Rebbe Lazar, the son of Reb Shimon. 
Now the question, of course, is where do they come up with this? Stam, he decides this, he decides this, he decides this. They had to have a psamahalach, how to define this. So this is now what the Gemara is going to clarify. Our Mishnah, we already settled. Rosh Hashanah is only according to Rosh Hashanah Bayechai, because the other ones don't believe Pesach is Rosh Hashanah they hold that, uh, practically speaking, uh, it could start with an yacht. So it's Rav Shimon. That we already established, our Mishnah follows Rav Shimon. Now the question is, what's the mahalach behind all of these views? I'll give you the word Baal like Leket and Shifa, because Baal Tafer is a violation of a nether, and nether is an expression of the mouth, and Leket and Shifa you don't express, that you just fall. Right, so that's why Toysva says, that it's, and the Toysva is the top, Leket Shikhopeya, that it's talking about, right, if you took them, if you left them in the field, you're right. But if you actually take them, so now you have an obligation, the Torah puts on you the obligation, even though you don't have to be at Nether, the Torah already consecrates. The Torah gives it for them. Some need a Nether, and now they didn't fulfill it, but here the point is that you're obligated to pay it. You're right. The yeah, well, but the logic behind it is that you owe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, it's not only when one makes a nether, then he gets... Then he gets the the point is, is, when you make a nether, you become obligated. Once you're obligated, you have to pay. The obligation. So in many cases, I have to make a nether. If I don't make a nether, I'm not obligated. In these cases, I don't have to make a nether. The Torah obligates me in these taxes, so to speak. These charity taxes. The point is that I'm obligated to pay. Like a chick chope, like he says, I'm a delivery boy. I took it from the field. No, because that's what we're saying. Like Sa'achir is not. Right, right, right. Now we still have to explain carbon Pesach, which the Gemara is going to discuss on Dafhei, how carbon Pesach works. Huh? No, the Pesach says by Neder, that you're right. The Pesach says by Neder, Kisidir Neder, yeah, that you're right, yeah. Now I just want to clarify about Sadaka. When it comes to Sadaka, if you take a look. On the Avdalad of Aleph, the Gemara uh, Toisris, uh, the second Toisris on the bottom, Stokus or Maestris? Stokus or Maestris is just an important question. Rava is going to tell us that by Stokus, you're over Balta Achel Alter. Alter means right away. So here you're telling me that for Stokus, any Stokus pledge you have, Pesach, Shvuah, Sukkus, if I make a pledge for Stokus, we're talking about Stokus for poor people. So Toysvah says, it's not a contradiction. Rava was talking about a case where you have poor people that are waiting for the pledge. They're waiting for the food. They're waiting for the money. They don't even so nice you nice. say, huh? <laughs> yeah. They say, right away. You don't have to run. If you have aniyim that are waiting, then baltachin is right away. When it says here that only after three of them even about Ta'achir is that there's no poor people in front of you. So now you actually have to go search and find your poor people in order to be able to fulfill your pledge. On this you say you have Shloisha, you have Shloisha Regalim. 
The Rajbe, however, says that there's no contradiction. He says differently. He says when Rav says you have to give tzedakah right away, he means that without it, you transgress a mitzvah's essay which says, Moitzes Vasecha Tishmer. You have to guard what comes out of your lips. As the Gemara will bring this pasuk later. So therefore, when a person says, I'm going to give tzedakah, they have to do it right away. Here we're talking about Mitzad Adin of Bal Ta'acher, which is a special loisasa. Delaying it, it's not called delaying it until three years ago and pass away. So it's not a contradiction. That's how he reconciles the contradiction. And then the Ran says, let me just finish it. The Ran says a third thing. He says that by tzedakah you are over Bal Ta'acher right away. Only by something that depends on the base Hamikdash, like Karbonis, do you have three regalim. I, it says in the Braisa here that you're over by tzedakah after three regalim. He says, <coughs> it means that after three regalim you're for sure over. But taka, the detail of tzedakah would be earlier. In other words, everything goes into the umbrella that if you wait three yamim tayvim you're over. But it happens to be by tzedakah, which is not for the Beis HaMikdash, you don't get this delay. You have to do it right away. When it comes to the Beis HaMikdash, that's how the Dan learns. A little different. The kids learn to you make a nether. It's not that you don't make a nether. What? But the case of Lechem Shavay, you're making a nether. Something fell on the floor. It doesn't belong to you. By virtue of you picking it up. That is your nether. That is your nether that you have to bring it to where it has to go. Wonderful. Not vocalized. You say, you're saying by taking the leket from the field, yeah. you're That's making a, a nether. You're making a nether. That, that not vocal. Know, but it says kiyakli. I think it's a requirement of a nether to verbalize it. It's one of like the We'll see, we'll see. We'll see. Doesn't mean it means I'll pee in a normal. Ex- well, we'll see. The Gemara is going to explain it. I just want to see because it's very interesting. If you take a look at the Toysus before, Hacharamin, Hacharamin, Ben Chemer Gavoy, Ben Chemer Koyanim, you have to give Yisbaltach. Rabbeinu Tam Posak. The Tzdoker Shapoiskim Litim Biyad Gabai. If I say I'm going to give the tzedakah to the gabai tzedakah, meaning to the person who's raising the funds, so if I don't give it to the gabai, I transgress But the gabai is not over on baltaacher if he delays. However, what a person promises to give to poor people what he wants to, there's no iser of baltaacher. That's how Rabbi Natam. In other words, if he says he's giving it to the Gabai, so then he has to give it to the Gabai, there's an Indian of Baltach. The question is, how long Baltach is? That's what the next Toysvah says, that you have, uh, if there's poor people in, uh, here, or there's no pe- two people, if there's no poor people here. It's time when a person gives a net, he's going to give when he wants to give tzedakah to poor people, then there's no uh, there's no issue of Baltach. Okay. Now the Gemara tries to understand this. What is the Gemara, my time at the Tanakhama? What is the reason of Tanakhama who says that Balta Acher is any three holidays, even if not in the order? So the Gemara here has a whole Cheshbin. As usual, it's very brief, and Rashi explains it to us. So for this, we have to remember the Pasik says in Parshish Re'e as follows. It says, Shomer, as we read it on the Yom Tov, Shomer is Chaydesh Ha'aviv, Vasisa Pesach Lashem You should guard the month of spring. And celebrate Pesach for Hashem. It's Parshas Re. 
The same parsha, a few psukim later, it says, Vasisachak Shvuas Lashem Alagnach, Shemek Shvuas. The same parsha, a few psukim later, says, Chagasukas Tasalachashivas Yom. So we have all the three Yom Tovim, a mitzvah, and we read it in Aser to Aser, Parsha Srei on the Yom Tovim, Pesach Shvuas. A few psukim later, we have the famous Pasuk, Shalosh Pa'amim Bashana, Yira called Schurchas Pnea Shamalakech, Bamakamashayifcha, Bachagamatsis, Bachagashvus, Bachagasukas, Vola Yira as Pnea Shamreka. Which most people know because we say it in the Musaf. Right, right. So it says you should come three times a year. You should every male should show, should come so to speak to see the face of Hashem in the place that He chooses. When chagamatzes, shvuas, and sukkas, and do not show up to the face of Hashem empty-handed. After knowing this, michde minayu solik. It says Shalish Baman Bashana right after it tells you about three holidays. It says make Pesach, make Shvuas, make Sukkis. Three times a year, show up to your Shalim, show up to the Besamikdush. Minayu Salik, you're talking you're coming from discussing these three. The Torah where every word is meticulous, just to say with the beer necessity to understand. Why do you have to repeat Chagamatzas Hagashvus Hagasukas? You could have said Shalish pa'amim ha'ela bashana yirakal schurch. Or even just shalish pa'amim, you're going to invent three new dates? You just spoke about Pesach Shavu Sukkah, so what are you going to, you're going to turn it into Rishchidish Ir, Rishchidish Sivan, Rishchidish Elul, you have to come. Three amim ta'avim, shalish pa'amim. You want to be mamish precise, say shalish pa'amim, ela bashana. These three times that we just discussed at length. Yirakal schurch. Why do you have to repeat it? Shma mina. So from here, Chazal learned out a din. What's the din? Everything, they, they looked at the whole Torah in the bird's eye view. We have a Pasuk Baal Ta'achir. Don't delay your pledges. We don't know what a delay is. They said, ah, this Pasuk came for that. Shema mina le Baal Ta'achir. The Torah is trying to give us a shear for Baal Ta'achir. Chagamatzis, Chagashvuz, Chagasuk is not only a time to come. That I already know. It's also a time to come. Chagamatzis, Chagashvuz, Chagasuk and bring all of your pledges. But it's not just an obligation to come. You have for this Pesach and Shavuos and Sukkot, and if all of them pass and you didn't bring it, then you're over on Baal Ta'achir if you did not pay up your pledge. If so, we have a very nice Geshmak Hemshech in the Pesach. Shalosh Pam Bashana Yerachal Schurchus Pnei Hashem Alekechem HaMakam We already know what he three times is, but the Pesach repeats. B'chag HaMatzus, B'chag HaTshuz, B'chag HaSukkot, V'la Yerachal Pnei Hashem Reikam. Don't show up empty-handed. What does it mean? It means that not only empty-handed from things that you had to bring on Yom Tov, also empty-handed from all the pledges that you made before these three Yom Tov. In any order. Kind of In any order, yeah. Even though V'leiraz Pnei Hashem Reikam is referring to the things that you bring on Yom Tov. For example, there was a mitzvah to bring on Oil Asra'iyah, a carbon oil when you came for Yom Tov. There was a mitzvah to bring, as we'll see, a carbon shlamim. There was a mitzvah to bring a carbon chagiga. Nonetheless, when the pasuk repeats bechagamatzus, bechagashvus, bechagasukus, it means that even without the mitzvah of seeing him, you're obligated to bring something if you have a neder in order to pay up. So that's the source of Baal Ta'acher. Rashi says, top of Dalaramid, beis michdim enayu salik shomer akosuf. 
You're coming from these. Mehemayla means you're just ascending from discussing the holidays. Now when you're done with Sukkot, in the middle of Sukkot you start talking about these three holidays again. Don't come empty-handed. Show up, not just for Yom Tif, but with your pledges. That's Tanakama. Reb Shimon says, no, no. Even though the Torah repeats all three to tell you about the Acher, Einet Sarech Loimar Bechaga Sukkot Sheboi Debrakosef. Chaga Shavuos and Chaga Matzus. He t- spoke about earlier in the Pash. But Sukkot doesn't have to repeat because this Pasuk is in the middle of the Pesukim of Pesukkot. Chaga Sukkot Tasalach. And then as he discussed Shivas Yom, as he's discussing the Alachas of Sukkot, he says Shalish Pam Bashama. So he could have said, talking about Sukkot. Say, show up to Hashem and on Chag and on Chag three times a year, and you would know Sukkot also. Lama Nemar. Why does it say Bechag Sukkot? To teach you that Sukkot has to be the last. In other words, you have to have the three holidays passing in the order. First Pesach, then Shavuos, then Sukkot, and then Yoivet and Baltach. Rashi says, Even though you're repeating the three for Baltach, it's in the middle of the parish of Sukkot. So just say, you should show up to Hashem, and also Chag HaMatzis and Chag HaShavuos, three times a year. The answer is Shabbai Dibra Kos of Lama Nemar Loi Lama Nemar Loi Mashas Aachir and Atri Yaveroisim Kaseidir Azeh. That's why he has to say Sukkot at the end. So you talk, you need three. But what I'm arguing with you is that not only you need any three or all three in any order, you need them in this order where Sukkot is going to be last. In other words, Pesach is going to be Rosh Hashanah Lidegalim. Reb Meir, my time. What about Reb Meir who says you have one Yom Tif and that's enough? Any Yom Tif. That passes your overbaltacher. The Ksiv the Pasik says in Parshas Re'ei, let's quote the whole Pasik. Kiyim ala makim ashe yifchar. Adinoya lehechem ekol shiftechem lossum as shmoy sham, lishichnoi sidrishu, uvasa shama. Veivesim shama eloi sechem as ifchechem as masri sechem as tumas yatchem and edrechem and edvaisechem of choydes pkarchem ve tsoin chem. If you have the psukim on the right, on the side of your page, most new Gemaras have it, you have the full Pasik. The Pasuk speaks about in Parshas Re'eh, you shouldn't bring your offerings anywhere. You should come to the place that Hashem chose to place His name there, where His, uh, where his Shechina is. You should come there and bring there all of your karbanas. So it says, Uvasa Shama, Vahavesam Shama. So literally, everyone touches, what's the literal interpretation? If you have a carbon and you want to bring it, or you're obligated, you have to come there and bring it there. You can't just bring it in your house and offer it in your courtyard. Reb Meir is teaching, no. Uvasa Shama, when you're coming there, why are you coming there? You have to come there. Why are you coming there? Because it's one of the Shalosh Regalim, Pesach Shulosukas. So then, Vahavesim Shama, then you have to bring all your Kabbanas that you pledged, even if this is the first Yom Tif. Rashi says, I'm sorry, so that's the Chiddush of Reb Meir. The Chiddush of Reb Meir is, that uvasa shama vaavesim shama. Uvasa means not you should come there, not anywhere else. Uvasa means when you're going to come there, and you have to come there because it's yamtiv. 
So you're making a lila regal, you come to the base of Mikdash. When you come, you have to bring your car bonus. Because a Vasasham is talking about only a time when you're Mechuyev to come. When you're Mechuyev to come. Let's say you come to your Shalayim Stam in the middle of the year, and you have a Neda, you don't have to bring your Kabbanas, because a Vasasham means a time that you're obligated to come. In other words, one of the three of them tell you. Only obligated to come once. Once no. every year. No. Obligated to come every, all three? All three. What about the Rabbanon? In other words, Tanakame, Nebshimin, Nebelezer, Nebelezer. What do they say? That Mayan has here a good vart? No. It says, To teach me when I come, I have to bring. And for the Gemara, is teaching me an essay, meaning there's a mitzvah's essay to bring my karbonis in the first yamtiv. And if I didn't, I transgressed the essay of a hevesim. But it's not a balta acher. Hahula essay, it actually says the mitzvah's essay, Allah, Allah, via biregalish. Reb Meir, Reb Meir says, Since the Torah says bring, so this is the time. You didn't bring. So automatically you were over on Baal Ta'acher. So Reb Meir connects the two. Rashi says, Reb Meir, This becomes the time for it. And if you delayed it from that Yom Tif, it's an Ichor. So automatically you're over on Baal Ta'acher. In other words, you have your own argument. Everyone says that the first Yom Tif is the time to bring it. Because it says, when you come, you should bring all your karbanas. So if I made a pledge, I should bring it the first Yom Tif. But what happens if I didn't bring it? So the mayor says, once the Torah says, bring it at this time, this is the time of the carbon. Since this is the time of the carbon, therefore, if you don't, you're even about to Acher. So he says, even one Yom Tif, you're even about to Acher. The other Tanayim say, no, there's a mitzvah sesek to bring it the first Yom Tif, but if you don't bring it the first Yom Tif, you're still not over on Baal Ta'acher. Unless you wait for the three, the three Yom Tif. What does Ramir do with the superfluous words? Very good, very good. You mean Chag HaMatzas, Chag HaShvuz, Chag HaSutas? Okay, one minute. But Rebelezer ben Yaakov, my time, he says two, Vasep is two. interestingly, he says, there's a Pasek, in Parshas Pinchas, it speaks there about all the karbonas of Musa that you bring through all the holidays. The Pasuk says, <laughs> These are the offerings you should do for Hashem during all your holidays. Besides your pledges for all of the other karbonas. Clearly it says, this is what you should do specially for Yom Tov, besides all the other pledges. Miyat mayadim shnayim. Mayadechem is plural. Minimum plural is two. So you learn from here that you have mayadechem in two Yamim Tovim. You should bring these karbanas, besides the other ones you have to bring in these two Yamim Tovim, meaning your other pledges. So you have two. Virabana. What about the rabbis who disagree with this? They say you don't have to wait for two. It's not about two, you have three. They use it for Rabbi Yoyna's teaching. Rabbi Yoyna says, Mayadechem is trying to equate all the Yom Tovim to each other to tell you. It was a klal, a principle, that every Yom Tov they brought a soyer chatos, a goat for a sin offering. So he says, 
all of the sin offerings of a goat that were brought collectively by the community every single Yom Tif, they all came for the same reason. To atone for Tumas Mikdash and Kadashov, meaning an impure person who went into the base Hamikdash or ate Karbanas while he was impure, or the other way around. He was pure, but the meat of the Karbanas was impure. And he ate it as a pure person. Either he was impure, the flesh was impure, or he went into the base of Medrash as impure. So just like the goat of Rish that was brought is Mechaper for Tumas Mikdash Vekadoshov, all the, over there it says clearly, So the Bioyna says, refers to equate to all the Karbanas that they all come for the same reason. What's the reason for Nebelazer ben Shimon? What did he say? He says he waits for Sukkot and that's it. The Tanya Nebelazer ben Shimon Oimer lo Yomer bechaga Sukkot sheboi diberakosav. He quotes the same argument like his father. It should have said chagamatzus chagas shavuos because you already know Sukkot. Lama Nemar loymar shezek goyrim. This creates the balta acher. You don't bechlal need three yamim toivim. In other words, he has the same problem like his father Reb Shimon. But their solution is different. Reb Shimon says, why does it say B'chag To teach me, B'chag is last. Pesach Shavu HaSukkahs. Reb in other words, Ze'acheren. Reb says, not Ze'acheren, Ze'goyren. Not that it's the last one. It's the only one. The moment you have Sukkahs, you're completely, you're completely good. The moment you have Sukkahs, that's Goyrem, the Indian of Balta Very good. Frag the Gemara, good question. Reb Meir, Reb Elazar ben Yaakov, Hai bechaga matzus, bechaga shvuus, bechaga sukkus, my darshabet. Which is really a question also on Reb Elazar when it comes to matzus and shvuus. Chaga matzus and shvuus. By Reb Meir, Reb Elazar, it's a bigger question because it's all three that you don't need. Why? Because they don't hold Baltachir is three. Reb Meir holds it's one. Reb Elazar holds it's two. Even according to Reb Elazar ben Shimon, you need sukkus. But you don't need Chagamatzas and Chagashvuas because you already know these three, right? But the question is on all of them why you need Sukkot. And on two of them, the question is why you need. The question on all of them is why you need Matzas and Chagamatzas and the question, the question on The question on all of them is why you need Chagamatzas and Chagashvuas. And the question on the, on the other two is also why you need Sukkot. My Darshabe, what do they do with this? They, they use it for the teaching of Rebbe in the name of Rebbe Yishe, Dama Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Yishe, Minayin la'atzeres, she'esh lo'tashlum in kol shiva. How do we know, an interesting halacha, that Shavuos has compensation for seven days? Meaning, Shavuos is one day. On that day, you had to bring a carbon, ri'iya, oilas ri'iya, anybody who showed up to the Beis HaMikdash, plus another carbon known as carbon chagiga, to celebrate Yom Tov, which you would eat. But the other days, the other ones, Pesach and Sukkot, if you didn't bring it the first day, you have another six days. Shavuos is only one day. How do you know that Shavuos, you have another six days, altogether seven days? Talmud Loimar. He equates Shavuos to Pesach. Just like Pesach, you have Tashlumen for seven days. Now what this means is by Sukkot it clearly says in Emer You could bring the carbon Chagiga for seven days. You could bring it, doesn't mean you have to bring it for seven days. It says Oisoy, one. But it means you have Tashlumen. If I didn't bring it the first day of Sukkot, I have another six days. 
Pesach is also seven days. So we learn out also Pesach, that Pesach also you could bring it for seven days. So they say, since it says Chagamatis, Chagashvuas, Chagasukas, you compare Shvuas as well to these, and therefore it has Tashlum and Kol Shiva, that means even after Shvuas, Zion, Ches, Tes, Yud, Yud, Aleph, Yud, Beis, you have another six days altogether, seven. Tashlum and Kol Shiva means altogether seven with the first day, you can also bring it on Shvuas. And therefore they don't use this for Baal Ta'acher. They don't use this for Balta Acher because they use it for Tashlum and Anshuls. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.